0: Welcome everybody back to the Game Vault Podcast. I am your host, Mark, and uh today um we have the full house again. No sick gang gang. We will keep our fingers crossed every week for that. Um so Tom and Jen, how are you guys doing this week? Doing Much better. Better. Good, good. Yeah, so um yeah, yeah, some positive stuff for me. I'll get to my uh what have you and what have you been playing. Um if you watched the stream that aired um uh, this is Friday. We're recording this. If you watch our stream, you will know uh, what that is already. Uh, but yeah, so looking forward to it, guys. Uh, with that teaser out of the way, um, what have you been playing? Uh, we'll start with Tom this week.
1: Uh, so mostly, I have been playing uh, Hi-Fi Rush. I I finally put uh, Crisis Core to bed, so I have the ability to play other things. So so. Right. So, Hi-Fi Rush has been my main concern at the moment. How is it
0: with uh, the licensed music?
1: Oh, it's really good with the licensed music. I think I don't know if it's worth playing through again just to hear it. Okay, but it's good. I I mean, it's it it really it really is incredible how well they integrated the licensed music into it. And I (laughs) I I got myself some headphones. Well, I had it. I had a gaming headset, so I. I made sure to play with that on because it's one of those games I feel like you can't really play. Well, for me, at least, you can't really play without being able to hear it. And as soon as I put headphones on, like, all of a sudden I was getting s tier, here. S-Class, like, finishes all of a sudden because I could hear what was happening. And I didn't, I didn't feel lost trying to, to do my uh, all my special hits. I had the opposite thing happen,
0: me going off stream. And then I realized that I had gotten my timing down with the lag and that I was early on everything. Yeah, I don't know.
1: I don't know how you played it with me. <laughs> I did real
0: good too. Through um, the stream
1: window. I don't know how you did it.
0: <laughs> but yeah, I was like, it's so early. But yeah, um, I'm going to play through the extra stuff on there. Just got to get the timing down. Or maybe I'll hook it back up to the thing and play it on OBS um, <laughs> <laughs> to get it through. But uh, yeah, so. Um, are you playing normal or hard?
1: Normal. Okay. I don't I don't have patience for hard difficulties on anything anymore.
0: Yeah, the only reason I ask is um I know that patience wise at our age is true, but I've heard some people say that, you know, normal is for the people that don't really have a music ear, like you would be able to do hard and expert, I imagine. I,
1: I'm sure if I you're could getting handle S it. Ranks. <laughs> right. I'm, I'm sure I could handle it, but it's just yeah. I don't have the time to like to m- the hardest thing for me is like when you're when it does the it, it does like the weird quick time event, yeah, that has no rhythm it's a, a whatsoever it just wants you to press random buttons at random times and hold buttons and let go of buttons. Yeah. I don't like that. that's <laughs> the only thing about the game I don't like is those little tiny sections, but luckily, there's not that many of them, but because they don't really like they're just they're just up there there's no there's nothing no music going along with it, so yeah. That's yeah, the only yeah. that, that's the only thing I dislike is is yeah. those little sections,
0: yeah, that was the thing I was going to say. The fact that you're getting s ranks on normal shows me that that statement is true that if you went the hard, you'd be playing, you know, yeah. I mean a's yeah. and B's.
1: I you know I, I was a a hard or expert guitar hero player, so I feel like I could handle most yeah. most more difficult rhythm games,
0: yeah, yeah. It's, I was just hearing it secondhand about that. so it's it was good to see. Some evidence of that with you, yeah,
1: I just uh, I just don't have like I want to get through the game, so I just put it on normal and just i want to. I'm trying to get through it as quickly as possible
0: so uh uh team peppermint or team Corsica
1: uh, peppermint it's not even okay. not even close <laughs>
0: uh
1: so what else have you been playing uh mostly I've been just messing around with my mister uh they keep they keep adding stuff they had stuff like daily weekly it's just amazing how much stuff there is to play on it and it just keeps coming and before i know it there's going to be a saturn core and i'll be able to play all those stupid expensive saturn games that you, you haven't you can't find anywhere anymore which i'm excited about that's really that's really the biggest thing i'm waiting for on it is saturn and once that's there i like never have to i never have to I, this is, sounds weird coming from me but i never have to turn on my original consoles and Put any stress on them. No. Really, it's the disc-based consoles that I'm worried about: Sega CD, PlayStation, Saturn, because those drives and lasers are not going to last forever. So, if I don't have to turn them on, I don't want to turn them on.
0: Yeah, I think I think my next big purchase this year, after we fix up the computer like we were talking about pre-stream, um, to get me up to date there, is either I was debating either Mister or Steam Deck. Um, mm-hmm. I think you'd
1: probably be happier with the Mister. Uh,
0: I have a, I have a Steam Link. So I'm assuming I don't need the deck, but, you know, that's a summer purchase. Um, yeah. You know, I got to get through the computer thing and then see where my if my niece is doing any travel softball outside the state. Um, you know, I'll need money for that. But, um, yeah, it, it's glad to hear that they're possibly going to Saturn because it's the one system that, as I've always said, I've never had. Um, so I am really curious to play the really terrible games that are on there.
1: <laughs> the core the core is in development so it will eventually be like 100% released but at the moment it's still in like a alpha stage nice yeah
0: so any any game in particular or you just been bouncing around
1: i, I just been bouncing around cuz when i saw we were playing sledstorm i started with that and i just kind of started bouncing around i bounced from gran turismo to uh triple play baseball just a bunch of a bunch of stuff that was nostalgic because I just I haven't I haven't really played much PlayStation lately, so I was just bouncing around on things.
0: All right. So uh, anything else or no? That's pretty much it. All right, Jen. Um.
2: Uh, so I've been playing the usuals, Phasmophobia. I got back into VHS. Um. We nice. recently, yeah, we recently upgraded my CPU, so it functions very well now on my computer <laughs> um i haven't tried streaming it yet but i'm fairly confident that it shouldn't be an issue because um i think i think i tested out um the dead space remake on my computer on on stream i think dan had streamed it on my yeah. computer i forget but either way i i'm pretty sure it's gonna work well now um
0: yeah but, i think uh, i'm i think i'm waiting for my new cpu before even trying dead space
2: yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's a very demanding game. So yeah, that's probably a good idea. But um, VHS actually just of like two hours ago came out with a pretty big patch update. Mm. Um, so this is kind of breaking news, I guess, if anyone cares. Um, there's a lot of stuff that is fixed. Uh, a lot of issues that were, I guess, people were complaining about that just got fixed. And um, they're actually adding um private screening matches with bots so now you could play custom matches with bots if you don't have friends who are live that you want to play with or if you just want to practice and not play with another real person um this is something that dead by daylight literally just came out with as well not that long ago so i am very excited for that i think that's a really great addition they did warn everyone like this is really new guys so just keep that in mind because the bots (laughs) are probably not very smart But I give them a lot of props for doing this because this is something I've been wanting for so long and I know a lot of other people have been asking for it. So I think hopefully this will make it a lot easier for new players to try, you know, the game and test out the other, you know, if you're used to Monster, maybe testing out the teens and vice versa and just seeing, you know, maybe getting some strategies down before jumping into live matches. So I think that's pretty cool. Um, They also had like a... You know how Dead by Daylight does the player test build for PC where if there's a new killer coming out, you get to test it? So they had um, like a a beta private match. I forget what they called it, but it was similar to what Dead by Daylight does. Um, Only they were testing a new map and a new killer who is 1000% inspired by the thing. Um, Map and monster included. It's
0: awesome. Is it like legally distinctive from the thing?
2: Yes, but like parts of the map, parts of the map, like there's like the dog kennel area and it's just, if you can't. see it, you're instantly going to say this
0: is yeah. inspired can't, by can't, the thing. Can't trademark a, a dog kennel.
2: Right, exactly. <laughs> but it's it's heavily inspired by the thing. The monster is, as you can imagine, um, just a mishmash of different is, animals, is, creatures,
0: whatever. Just, just because um, I may have lost the thread here. Is this VHS or Dead by Daylight? Because that'll <laughs> change my, that'll,
2: that'll change my question.
0: Um, yeah. That's why I was asking. Um, now, I could see VHS doing this more than Dead by Daylight, which is why I had to clarify which one. I think it would be really cool if, and I, you never told me about this, so if this is something it does, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't know ahead of time.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: If the thing, can, if the monster can possess one of the players.
2: So it can't possess a player, but you can imitate a player.
0: Okay. I that think similar vibe. Yeah. You know what I was going for, like yes, in, the, yes, in the movie. Yes,
2: yes. Yeah. yeah. I could be I could be misremembering because it's been months since I played his its name is the anomaly, by the way. That's the new uh monster. Uh I'm pretty sure that you can imitate. So basically you have the four teens that you're going up against and they all have their own um cosmetics that they pick or whatever. So you're an exact replica of one of them if you choose to be. It's one of your abilities. So you're not necessarily taking one of them out, and, or, or, and, or you know, taking control of them for a short period of time. You're literally just making yourself look like them. Um, so it's pretty cool. When I was I was playing custom games with some friends, and I was playing as the anomaly, and I had a lot of fun with it. Um, I don't know what changes they're going to make when he comes out, like in terms of of nerfing or buffing things, but um, I had a lot of fun with it. it was it was cool. There were some jump scares where you don't know if it's your own player that's in front of you at times or if it's the monster. So I think it's gonna um it's gonna be a lot of fun when they when they release the anomaly. and it's um the map is called the ice station. so I,
0: I couldn't <laughs> verify um I was looking up while you were talking um mm-hmm. if the words anomaly and thing are synonyms <laughs> because that would be really, really cool. That would be interesting, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right oh, yeah, so, um, that's so now now tell me about my new mommy in dead by daylight
2: <laughs> yeah so we got our new chapter uh the skull merchant has officially dropped for console as well as pc um they basically dropped a bunch of new cosmetics along with the chapter And there is a very thirsty cosmetic for the Skull Merchant. Like, she's already very sassy, got the dramatic hip sway going, like the low-cut shirt. Um, She basically is a half-naked anime waifu (laughs) with this one cosmetic. And everyone, I mean, not not everyone, but a lot of people are playing as her in this cosmetic. And you guys... Yeah, if you don't know what I'm talking about, just like Search the skull merchant cosmetic, and it's, it's got to be the first one that pops up.
0: Yes, skull I was merchant. Not expecting this. Uh, deviant art. <laughs>
2: <laughs> just be careful, just be careful with your search.
0: Cool. No, but um, off.
2: yeah, um, yeah, it's 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 uh, when I, I still go back to that one person that tweeted at Dead by Daylight to add sex to the game. And since then we've gotten hooked on you, and now we've gotten well, actually then we got shirtless Vittorio, who's the one of the newest survivors. and even with a shirt, he's just very, very attractive. And now we have uh anime waifu skull merchant mommy. So
1: they're really leaning into this dating <laughs> game huh
2: <laughs> they're all about it, yeah. um but yeah, it's it's been interesting. She's yeah. very uh. Very campy killer. Um, If the person that plays with them has a basic concept of how to use the drones efficiently, they will block off a corner of the map with the drones. And if you lose like a teammate, it's very difficult to win. Um, So,
0: logistics question for you, Jen. As you said that most people that play are picking this cosmetic. Mm -hmm. Don't you play the killer in first person? Yes. So what is the point of picking the sexy cosmetic?
1: As you so, as the killer you see it in the loading screen that's,
2: <laughs> that's yes you do see it in the loading screen but people like to people like to do it for themselves in the loading screen and then for the uh, the people that they're playing against. Okay. they want you to watch and you can actually so when you're being carried by the killer to a hook or wherever um you can change your camera as the survivor and I totally didn't do this or anything <laughs> not me. nope. you totally might be able to look up her butt. I'm just saying it might be possible and maybe people do that.
0: So I mean, hopefully they'll do the final fantasy seven remake <laughs> thing where the camera just juts out of position right before it happens.
2: <laughs> Actually, I was watching, I think I had died. We had gone up against the skull merchant with that cosmetic and somebody we were spectating um, was getting Morried, which is if anyone doesn't know, it's like her special finishing move. Um, and, Every, we, we were all like, "Oh, we're going to see the Mori. We're going to see the Mori." And then, because the survivor was moried so close to a wall, the camera just went through like three layers of the map wall. <laughs> we're like, "No!" <laughs> it was really <laughs> funny. So yeah, it kind of, kind of happened. But
0: yeah, <laughs> that's pretty funny.
2: Yeah, you can very strategically move the camera angles around and stuff. So I think for both sides, um, everyone's happy about it. I think, I think everyone's happy about it. Um, if, uh...
0: Yeah, yeah, if uh, Kitty Ashcat doesn't win her next playoff game, maybe uh, maybe uh, Karen will show up for a game.
2: Yeah, Karen, you got to meet the Skull Merchant.
0: <laughs> and also, it depends on TC Tam, too. True. Oh. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, and uh, now that we got Dead by Daylight out of the way, mm-hmm. tell me about these weird glyphs that are now in Phasmophobia.
2: Oh, yes. I'm glad you noticed that. So Phasmo had an update. Um, We're inching closer towards level reset, which is like the big update that we've been expecting for like six months now, at least. Um, So we got some new, not new tools, but like upgrades to the way that they look. Like some animations are different now. So they're starting to add new things into the game. They made an improvement on the checkout process for buying new items. And then they added these glyphs, which you can see with the UV light on the floor. And if you shine your light around, there's a number of different glyphs. Some of them are the same. Some of them are different. So it's a hint at um, these hidden messages, which are scattered amongst the different maps. And without giving it away in case anyone listening wants to figure it out for themselves, it's kind of like a little puzzle. And when you put all of the um, when you go to the houses and you find the inscriptions, um, you match them up to the symbols that were on the floor and in the lobby. Uh, and then you can put it together and then you get like a hint at what's coming so it's it's pretty fun i like when they do stuff like that because it gives you something extra to look look forward to or look for in the maps and you're doing the same map a million times over you have something new to do and it also distracted me so much that i tanked my sanity almost every game trying to find these <laughs> inscriptions. <laughs> so i it made it exponentially harder yeah um but it's been fun. Uh, I'm looking forward to all of these new tools. So they, like up until the past week or so, they had empty spaces on the walls in the lobby where you could see like coming soon, and you'd be like, ooh, what's gonna go here? So they unveiled some of them. So like, I think we're gonna have like a voice recorder. There's different, uh, like right now you just have the smudge stick, but it looks like there's gonna be like an incense, like a sensor for incense. There looks like there's different kinds of sanity pills. There's different kind of ghost books. There's like all different things. So I don't know if when you start out, when the levels reset, if you're going to be stuck with like the basic version of this tool and then you could upgrade it or if there's just all these different things that you can use and there's just some that are more effective against some ghosts versus others. I'm not sure, but that's going to be really interesting to see what they're doing with that. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. This game doesn't like never ceases to amaze me how number one, I haven't gotten tired of it yet. And number two, they just keep thinking of more things to add, which makes yeah. it more exciting to look forward to. So I am I'm very much looking forward to. I mean, they added um an insane difficulty, which you had beginner, uh what was the other one? The middle one. I can't remember what the middle one's called. And then you have professional, which was the hardest one for a long time. What then they had like added an intermediate
0: or something like that. Yeah,
2: it's either intermediate or I can't remember advanced or intermediate. I forget how they word it, but it's like it's basically like Um, beginner, average, and then hard. And then they have um, like a really hard mode. And now they just added insanity, which is the hardest mode. And I don't know where they're gonna stop. And they're just gonna keep adding all of these difficulties because people dedicate their lives to playing this game now and like making it look easy. So they're like, okay, fine, we'll make it harder. So it's been a lot of fun. I think, Mark, you should come back to Phasmo and try it again.
1: Do I get and, to make
2: fun of me? Yeah, yeah of course. <laughs> you are always welcome.
1: That's half the fun. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so man. yeah, Phasma has been fun. Um, I played that game, Paranormal Cleanup, some more, which I mentioned. It was it's in very very early access. Um, with the uh the heavy Brooklyn accent about throwing out the garbage in the dumpster. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, good news. That still is the voice. The radio is still there. <laughs> it's That's hopefully a, not t- going anywhere.
0: <laughs> Tony, Tony Dean got a voice acting job.
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely. But um <laughs> no they they fixed the issues with the ghosts like getting stuck and just like camping you basically by the dumpster. <laughs> and it, it's gotten a lot harder now because and again, like it's it's so similar to that Devour game that I've played before, where yeah. it's constantly roaming, and the more you do, the more it gets angry and more aggressive and faster or. Just, you know, it's constantly looking for you. It could find you in closets now, which I didn't know about till it happened. Um, There's all these different things that they're starting to add to it. No new maps or ghosts or like tools yet, but they're improving like the AI quality first, I guess. So it was really fun. I like this game. I'm going to keep playing it every once in a while. Whenever they come out with an update in the very beginning, like while it's still being developed, I'm going to check in every so often. And then once it starts becoming a more like consistently developed game, then I'll probably play it more. But
1: just... speaking of clean cleaning up games, did you guys happen to see that they put a Final Fantasy VII I, level? That was going
0: to be the first thing I was going to mention on my end, Tom. <laughs> wait, to, wait, there's
1: there's a game called Power Wash Simulator. Yeah, and they have put a Midgar <laughs> level in it.
2: Wow, that's pretty
1: cool. And I got really close to buying <laughs> Power Wash Simulator. My question was, um, I think it's on Game Pass. Is it on Game Pass? You probably have to buy the. You still but you probably might have to buy, buy the that. DLC.
0: But wow. um, I know it's on Game Pass because I, I downloaded it for Xbox. But um, you should you should double check and see if it's free. Um, I will have to look. But yeah, I was as as soon as she mentioned the cleanup game, I was like. I gotta mention I gotta <laughs> see if Tom knows about the Final Fantasy VII thing. Oh, oh I absolutely
1: know about it. <laughs> That's
2: awesome. I would totally be down to doing some power wash simulator
0: on stream with it, you. A,
1: a, apparently like you get messages from characters in the game.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's it's really well I was watching Maximilian Dude play it and he was shocked at how like detailed it was.
2: That's such a good idea if you think about it, like cleaning up. And being able to explore all of your favorite video game settings. That's such a good idea.
0: It was like the Viscera cleanup thing. Yeah. Had a special one for some kind of ninja game that was popular. I forget the name of the ninja game. But you went and and had to clean up the first level of that game.
2: Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. (laughs) I love that.
0: Yeah, so... Mm-hmm. um any yeah. anything else
2: Jen? um just really quickly i started playing animal crossing again literally nothing oh. new there because you know they're not really updating it anymore <laughs> um seven now, days a... to die oh
0: yes. real quick on animal crossing okay. um was it a new island or did you go back and find everyone pissed at you
2: oh no i it's the same island okay.
1: um everybody's pissed.
2: this this time no one's talking to me <laughs> I feel like what? they're either they're just used to it now, like, oh, there's that asshole that never you, comes out been of her house for
1: three years. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's been like so my my island is um forever Halloween now because I like got really into it around the fall and like decked it out in Halloween decorations and then mm-hmm. fell off the face of the earth right before Halloween. <laughs> so I just walked out of my house today and it was still Halloween. So I'm like, you know what? I like this, I like this. Um but yeah no one talked to me this time no one checked on me no one asked me where have you been. So I'm kind of sad, but it's cool. It's fun. I probably will play it for another week and then stop again for an extended period of time. Um, and then as I said I started playing 7 Days to Die again. We reset our sub server and we're squishy again and it's been pretty tough in a in a really fun way and I play with Twitch integrations when I stream so people send me a lot of zombies that kill me. And then a lot of really helpful supplies and, like, ammo and all that kind of stuff. So it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Um, And then the one game that I wanted to talk about that's new for me is Sons of the Forest. I started playing it.
0: I was going to ask if you've played that yet.
2: Oh, my God. So I never played the Forest. It was something that I kept being told, you have to play, you have to play. And I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. And then... I would add it to my list of games that I would have to play and then never get to it. And then this was coming out and everyone was saying how amazing The Forest was and how excited they were for this. And then I watched our friend Death Comes on Twitch playing it on stream. And I'm like, oh, this looks awesome. This looks exactly like the kind of game I like. It's like a survival horror crafting type game. I'm like, this is literally what is wrong with me? Why didn't I just play The Forest? So I was told to play The Forest first and I didn't listen. So I got spoilers on The Forest so I could understand what was going on. And then I'm actually playing through Sons of the Forest. I have my own game. And then I am playing with Death Comes on his stream when he plays. And it's pretty wild. It's actually, I I played Sons of the Forest and then went to Seven Days to Die after. And Seven Days to Die, even with the Blood Moon and the zombies, is a lot safer than Sons of the Forest is. Like, you can't stand in the middle of the forest without the suns getting you, okay? Like, there's cannibals everywhere. And they scream at you, and they scare you, and they try to kill you. And there's other monsters that I won't even get into that look straight out of dead space, and they live in the caves, and there are sharks. And it is so much fun. There's a three-legged, three-armed woman.
1: Well, it, sounds well, it sounds really fun.
2: It sounds so great.
1: Oh, my God. <laughs> it's I great. It's so much fun. I can't wait to try it myself. <laughs> yeah, I saw some people starting out. So I'm, I'm yeah.
2: glad to
0: see that it gets that it gets crazy and fun.
2: It is. Yeah, it's I I think I was told I was told that we're a little bit we're about halfway through the game um, in the game that I'm playing with with death comes right now. So, um, yeah, the it's I don't know how you would go through it by yourself because there are parts where you kind of get swarmed by enemies. So that must be very difficult unless when you're on single player, the game knows not to do that. But I doubt it somehow. Yeah. Um, So how's
0: your Kelvin? Is that his name?
2: Kelvin. Kelvin's good. <laughs> he uh he's adorable and a big dope. He'll so, like <laughs> so everything. I'm pretty sure everything can hurt him, but he doesn't perma die. Like you could just res him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he'll like be carrying a log and go to throw it in the spot that you tell him to, and he throws it on top of himself and then gets stuck. <laughs> and he's just like, ah, ah You're like, oh, what happened? And you go around the corner and he's just pinned under a log. Um yeah he's he's stupid but he's adorable um he got stuck under my house not that long ago like for 3 days straight he just didn't get out from under the house and then we got attacked by a horrifying monster and all of a sudden he was out from under the house so i think he did it on purpose but um uh, if you abuse kelvin if you accidentally hit him or if you shoot him with your weapon either by accident or on purpose depending on the kind of person you are he will stop listening to you he will get visibly upset with you and he will shake his head and he will not do what you ask him to do
1: it's so for it's him. good
2: to be yeah it's good to be nice to him um but he's he's adorable and uh slightly useless at times but he's great <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of yeah. fun i still prefer to play with another person over just relying on kelvin cuz sometimes yeah. <laughs> the ai isn't 100% all the time it gets yeah. stuck
0: sometimes yeah and he's there no matter what yep which is the fun thing um because i was watching somebody play it and they went to explore and forgot that they just didn't tell him to do anything different they're like we're <laughs> gonna go back and there's gonna be like a pile of fish sitting next to him yep because all- <laughs> he just was fishing for the last hour
2: yep and then eventually <laughs> he'll get tired and then like just sit down and sunbathe <laughs> <laughs> it's so silly but yeah, he's good he's good Yeah, that's pretty much it. A lot of different, a lot of things, a lot of different things, which I'm happy to say it's not just Phasmo and DVD for once. It's like a lot of stuff that I'm having fun with. Yeah.
0: So for me, um, the first two games I'm going to mention are, one's a problem that I found out um, that I could do. um, And the other one was fun to go back to. Mm -hmm. Um, So Um, If you listen to any other podcasts and streams I've been on, um, I've been going through the process of uh, uploading all my DVDs to a Plex server. Um, So I apparently have 61 DVDs.
1: A man Um, after my own heart.
0: (laughs) So that shows you um, how long it's been to do that. Um, The first thing I discovered was I was like, I need a game to just sit here because they take about half hour, 50 minutes per um, rip, um, depending on size of movie. So I was like, you know what, let me load up City Skylines again. And this was even before they mentioned 2 was coming. Um, I was like, that's the game. I could sit there and just, you know, you know, build the city a little bit while everything's, and I can pause it to do. So I went there, and I went in, and I, good thing about City Skylines, there is a checkbox for the inf- infinite money cheat. So nice. you just click that, and you oh, know, don't have awesome. to worry about money anymore. Motherload. Yeah, you don't have to type anything or any of that in there. It just checks, and it's an in- infinite sign, so you don't even have to put the code in again. Ooh, nice. Um, so I put that in. Um, the fun part about it is my city has two colleges now in it, and, uh, um, you know, a whole bunch of just spread-out stuff. Um, you know, I'm taking up most almost, like, half the map at this point. And it's a pretty big map once you get um, over 100,000 people. Um, but the fun thing is watching my budget... Because since I don't care about money, um, my, my thing is currently running a negative 1 million per month, um, in expenses. <laughs> Damn. So yeah. Yeah. Since I put the infinite cheat on, it's one of those things you put the cheat on and you just do. So I just turned all of my like public service things up to 150% funding. So, you know, fires rarely burn down houses in my city anymore.
2: That's what it takes. Uh,
0: exactly. Only just a million dollars money.
2: in debt. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, but yeah, so that was fun just poking around with that. But, um, so I can't wait for two to come out because some of the stuff they added, they added bike lanes, they added bus lanes to roads you could put on. Um, all insane, like shit that I'm like, this is a little too intense, um, uh, for building the city. But I'm interested to see what they do with two to improve. There are some things I could see where you could improve, um, in terms of buildings to build and what happens when, um, you know, um, you know you you make your city too tight and you need like more space like when i had to build the colleges i had to destroy a bunch of stuff Mm -hmm. um eminent domain uh so uh the other fun thing that i discovered was uh so the disasters were on so i had a meteor strike so there's a giant crater in the middle of my town now um that i could probably build you know land now that i could pay for it with money but i just built a bridge over it just for fun Mm -hmm. um and then I said, hey, like me-
2: attraction is that what you're yeah, saying?" Yeah, let me turn it into
0: a man-made lake. Um, <laughs> there you go. But then I forgot that um, standing water lake would just uh, uh, pond and pollution. Uh, and then the first time I did it, I forgot to turn off the water pump that was pumping the water in. Oh, so it flooded, it flooded a section of my town. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that was fun. Um, <laughs> yeah. So um, I so I've been dicking around since I have all the money to do that. The so, fires won't kill them, but Mark will. <laughs> yeah yeah not not the meteors um, nope. yeah yeah a lot of the things they added, um you know, they have shelters now for the disasters where you can send everybody to, um so they don't die um and they have a crew that comes and pumps water out for tsunamis and man made floods by their mayor um, <laughs> in there, uh but yeah, so it's pretty cool. I had a lot of fun with it, but then the bad thing I discovered is, as you know, um, I've been playing Marvel Snap on my phone. I discovered that the version on Steam has cross-save.
1: Uh-oh. Uh-oh.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, dun, dun, dun. that is what I've been doing while ripping my DVDs <laughs> over <laughs> the last few days. And I streamed it once um, on Wednesday. Because that's I was just ripping DVDs when you said you couldn't make um, yeah. the stream on Wednesday. I was like, well, I'm ripping DVDs before TC Tam. Why don't I just play Marvel Snap on stream? Um and yeah so that that's that could end up being a bad thing um because um i play it like not in work like like when work gets slow or something you know i'll pop up, i'll do a few it's like it's like an addiction thing it's like i'll just i'll just do a few hands just yeah i'll just do one do one. i got these challenges i'll just do the challenges um so yeah that's been my mmo like do the daily challenges thing um you know, I know it's not an MMO, it's a card game, but it's essentially the same idea. Um, going and do your dailies. Um, so that was that's the thing that's going to be a problem for the rest of the year um, for me as I am um, now moving on to my Blu-rays, which is a two step process
1: to rip. Uh, shouldn't be.
0: Well, some of them are copy protected, so I need to do um, or if, there's programs you can use to get around. I that. am. I am. But the thing is, is the one program that I got that rips it, uh, leaves it a really big file.
1: Um, MKV. Yep. Yep. That's what I used to.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And then, so I have been doing that and I put it back into handbrake to compress it. Um, so it takes about an hour, hour 15 per, per DVD to do that.
1: It won't take Uh, that long when you get a new CPU. Yeah. So, um,
0: good, good. But, uh. Yeah, so now I'm on that. So those two things I've been playing. Um, the uh, main new games I've been playing, um, you know, I don't think I've been playing really anything new. I played um, Last of Us um, that you guys have seen um, here. Um, the Henry and Ryan scene, um, or Henry and Sam scene, um, still got me um, in the game. Um, it's it's a lot more chaotic than on the show. Um, Which, if if you're listening, there might be a spoiler cast coming in the next month on that. Um, But, yes, I've been playing through that. Um, And then the final thing I've been doing, which you guys have all seen on stream, is I'm trying the months-long journey to get my uh, name on the speedrun charts for Mike Tyson's Punch-Out. If you've seen the streams, I've gotten pretty good at the first eight fights. Um, You know, up to Soda Pop. Um... I've gotten times where um, everybody's down in the first round and some of them are close to a minute or under or just a little over a minute. I think Tiger's the only one that's still two minutes um, consistently, maybe Bald Bull, but I got some strategies to shorten him too now. But um, after 30 years, um, I, and probably people laughing at me when I go, oh, Soda Pop's the one guy I can't beat. Um, I can say that I'm no longer afraid of Soda Pop. <laughs>
1: Congratulations, his, Mark.
0: His pattern is so easy, once I read about it. Um, essentially, if you get a star punch and you hit him when he's not stunned, it's a one-punch knockdown. Um, but you have to time it right, and getting the timing is simple. Um, I explained on the stream, it's like you do one pattern. The, the phase one is one pattern because you have to do something different at the beginning. Um, uh, but patterns phases two and three, same exact pattern. Like and like I was getting frustrated showing everybody on stream. I did about a twenty minute stream before the podcast here. Um, and when he was doing things that like he shouldn't do, I couldn't figure out why, but as someone else I watched streaming, it says sometimes you just gotta play jazz um <laughs> when doing stream running just just you know, adjust and just play different notes and get it. Um but, yeah, it's simple. It just it just watch your hearts. It's the main thing for it. So I'm going to start practicing Bald Bull 2. Um, I think that's what I'm going to do is just practice the fights individually um, up until I'm confident enough and then start trying runs again. So Friday night fights might just be an hour of me trying to get good at beating one guy um, and maybe at the end trying a run to see if I can do the mental, you know, tax of remembering all the strategies to go through. Um, because that's the one problem I have. I have like a, b- a brain fart sort of thing. You know, brain fog, however you want to mm-hmm. call it, where I'm like, oh, fuck, that's that's phase two, not phase one, you know, on a boss, and then it just messes everything up. But when you're doing the run, um, any time is a good time. Um, unless if it's a decision, because then you can't be on the leaderboard. Um, decisions don't count. You have to knock them out. Um, so, yeah, so that's basically what I've been doing. Um, I'm looking this week to... Um, I'm going to play the demo for RE4, um, so, I, so we'll be able to talk about that next week. Um, and I'm going to probably start Atomic Heart and just see what it is. Um, they say it's kind of a Bioshocky game, um, so I'm going to uh, uh, test that out. Uh, but
1: yeah, that's yeah. on my list of things to play as well.
0: Yeah, same. yeah. I've got a busy weekend, so I don't know how much to do. Kitty Ashcat has a basketball tournament, and I'm also taking her to see Scream Six. So. It's, nice. a, it's an action-packed weekend for me, so I don't know if I'll be able to get to Atomic Heart this week. Um, who knows, I'll sit down and play Atomic Heart, and I'll go, Oh, let me put it in the Division 2 again, <laughs> um, for some stupid reason. But, uh, yeah, so, and there's, um, you know, some good releases coming up soon that, that'll probably take us through um, through the end of the year, especially with some delays. Um, and, Jen, uh, let's move on to the news.
2: yeah. So, first and foremost, I am so excited to talk about this. Blumhouse is going to be putting out a Dead by Daylight movie. The amount of people that have told me about this <laughs> is many, and I appreciate every single one, because it just reminds me every single time that this is happening. And this is the moment I've been waiting for. <laughs> um, and actually, you know, it's funny because we just talked about Blumhouse and Atomic Monster, how they're merging uh, in our last episode and they're actually going to be working on this together for this is going to be like one of their first, you know, joint projects together. Um, so they have basically described that the movie is going to be a quote, scary cinematic adaptation of the game. Um, it is going to be, uh, I think a lot of fun. I, I have ideas for what I, I'm expecting from the movie, but, um, they don't have much out on it yet, obviously. Um, Stephen Mulrooney, who is the executive VP for Behavior Interactive, he seems very excited about the upcoming effort. And I quote, he says, We couldn't be more thrilled to work with Jason Blum and James Wand, two giants of the horror film in- industry, to further expand the DVD universe. At Behavior, mm-hmm. our motto is to create unique moments forever together. Uh, Atomic Monster and Blumhouse are the, are, are the ideal partners to craft Dead by Daylight's killer entrance onto the big screen. Um, So Juan Blum and Stephen Mulrooney are going to be the producers on the film and then Behavior Interactive's uh, Remy Racine and then Atomic Monsters, Michael Clear and Judson Scott. Uh, Blumhouse's Ryan Turek and Stryker Entertainment's Russell Binder are all going to be executive producers. So all of the studios and then the developer of DVD, they're all pretty equally involved in the movie. So I think that's really cool.
0: I wonder if um, I guess it's got, they they probably could only do their um, proprietary killers. I would so imagine in the movie.
2: That's what I'm assuming that they're probably going to do. There's going to be cameo, like not even cameos, but like it's going to probably feature their original survivors and killers. But I'm hoping or, or assuming that maybe they're also going to be throwing in some new killers or survivors, which maybe will eventually be added to the game. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know if they're going to be able to do any licensed. Probably not. Probably yeah. not. But you never know. It could be, like, somebody mentioned um, uh, Cabin in the Woods, how the end, like, third of the movie had all the different horror creatures in it. So yeah. maybe they'll do some kind of thing where you see, like, you gaze into the entity's realm and you see all of the licensed killers really quick. You know what I mean? I think that'd be really, really cool. Um but we'll have to, well, obviously I have to wait and see, but uh, I think, yeah, I think it's mainly going to be their own original, original characters for the movie. Um, I mean, they don't even, I think they're currently looking for a writer and a director, so we don't have any, uh, any more insight than that, but I'm very excited. I really hope, I really hope that it's going to be, I, I think I'm going to enjoy it regardless because I'm going to be biased like heavily, but I really hope that, um, it's it's good for everybody that everyone enjoys it, at least at least a little bit. <laughs> but yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I'm just interested to see if they'll focus on one or if it'll be the whole group of killers.
2: Right. Um, yeah. Probably. It, I mean, you know how Hooked On You featured the four killers yeah. mainly, and then really it only had like two survivors in it. So I feel like maybe they'll do something where there's a small number of consistently shown characters. And then maybe, you know, you see a couple others at some point. But then maybe I'm, I'm still hoping for the cabin in the woods moment of, like, they everybody s- showing up at one point.
0: They, they should do, like, the, it's far enough that the spoiler I don't really care about. Mm-hmm. Um, they should do what the, the uh, Sonic series has done for both of their movies. Like, at the end of the movie. Like, you do one, let's say, let's say Bunny Mama. Because mm-hmm. she's an original, right? Yep. Um, she's the first one. Or maybe you do another one, nurse or somebody, and then at the end it's like the after credit scene is the other one showing up.
2: Yeah. So <laughs> you what we what we need
0: is is more movies, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> turn it into a series, exactly. Hell yeah! Like, how do you end Sonic the Hedgehog two? You uh, have an after credit scene with Shadow, right? Yeah, exactly. And and first thing you do is show a gun, and everybody knows exactly who it is before, <laughs> it, before the reveal. <laughs> um, so with Bunny Mama, you just show a hatchet.
2: Oh my god, that'd be so oh, I'm getting I'm getting goosebumps.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's like it's your it's it's your Avengers Initiative moment.
2: Exactly. Yeah, yeah, you gotta do it. So <laughs> I'm excited. I'm I'm really excited. Of course, we have like the fun fan fan castings that everyone's trying to do for the survivors and some of the killers. And yeah, it's it's been fun like seeing everyone's reaction to it from the the Dead by Daylight community. And it yeah. seems very positive. Like everyone's super hyped about it. Um, so we'll, we'll see once we get, you know, some, some first looks into the movie development and everything, but I'm hoping that, um, as someone that sometimes watches like behavior streams and dead by daylight and stuff like that, um, that we'll get some, some insider information on what's going on and some back, like maybe behind the scenes stuff at some point. Um, but I'm excited also to see if this brings in more people and what that actually does to the game. Like, the community that's playing the game. Um,
0: See if it has a Last of Us effect.
2: Right, right. Yeah, we'll see. But, uh, yeah, very excited about that. So, more to come for sure, eventually, hopefully. Um, Moving on, the RE4 demo is now live, as we indicated a little while ago. Um, So, Capcom has finally dropped the demo as of March 9th, I believe. Um, And it is currently available for anyone who's interested to try it out. It is called the Chainsaw Demo. And um, it's actually available for all platforms that the full game will be available for. So I believe PS4 and 5, Xbox Series X and S, and also PC, uh, which I didn't know that this was going to be available for PC. So I'm very yeah. excited about that. I think that's cool.
0: Yeah, um, I heard. I heard the uh, the PC demo is the best one. Oh. Um, there's like sound issues with the uh, oh.
1: PlayStation one. Gotcha. I'm sure they'll get it straightened out.
0: Oh yeah. yeah, no, I'm not saying it's going to be a problem at release, but I was watching Easy Allies play the PlayStation One, and it made it sound made uh, Leon sound like he was in a tunnel.
2: Oh, okay. Well, yeah. yeah, I'm sure they'll I'm sure they'll get that fixed by release, but um, basically, the demo is supposed to take place in the beginning of the game, uh, where you play through the European village, which is Leon's first encounter with the infected. So. Um, there's some action in it you get to kind of get a feel for the game i'm excited um RE4 is the game that i've been looking forward to before they even announced like basically when when RE2 remake came out i was like they need to make RE4 right now yeah. so i'm um, i'm excited the day is
0: finally here yeah they what, kind is, of.
1: what are they actually calling this one cuz they it's already been... cuz they already had RE4 remake
0: no, they're calling it Resident Evil 4 mm-hmm. okay Just like they did with 2 and 3 yeah. okay there's no colon, there's no it's just res, it, they're just calling it Resident Evil 4, which is uh sucks for wiki and database people because now they have to call it Resident Evil 4 2023 in parentheses, um, to keep their yeah, databases that's, good.
1: That's why I'm I'm glad like Square was like, okay, oh, hey, let's call these things these remakes something totally different, yeah. Like with uh, even like Final Fantasy 12, like the Zodiac Cage. Like that's a totally different name than the original, which is nice.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, with the um, with RE4, they uh, they know where their bread is buttered because they're literally calling this demo the chainsaw demo.
2: Yep, exactly. So um, I'm already seeing people on Twitch like as we speak playing the chainsaw demo. So let us know what you guys think. If you play the demo, you can let us know on Twitter um and i'm looking forward to obviously the full game releasing as well and, and playing through that and having some fun with that so yeah moving on um some really exciting news uh it's it's kind of a first for women in the esports gaming industry um so one of the most well-known esports organizations FaZe Clan has launched its first all-female professional esports team um that will be comp- uh, competing in the Valorant League so really, really cool to hear this. Um, the players are Jennifer Lee, who goes by. I love it. It's basically Jennifer spelled backwards. So it's r- refinage, refinage. It's pretty good. <laughs> I love it. I love Clever. it. Yeah. Clever. Um, Emma Cho, who goes by Emmy. And by the way, she's a New Jersey girl. So shout out to Emma Cho. Nice. Uh, Vanessa Emily, who goes by Panini. Madison Mann, who goes by Maddie Sun. And Diane Tran, who goes by die with like a little carrot at the end, I'm sure that's like supposed to be a little a. It's very cool. Um, is Maddie's
0: son spelled S O N or a few N?
2: It's actually M A D D I E S U U N.
0: Okay, it's a gamer tag.
2: Yes, these are their. They're all gamer tags. These are their gamer tags. Either that or like their their stream names. You know what I mean. Yes.
1: <laughs> Their handles, um, Mark.
2: Yes, yes. Don't forget that mine is Roxy Foxy with two eyes. I know it's
0: fine. We're, <laughs> still, we're still friends. It's good. Uh huh.
2: And my old gamer tag was Tiggle Bitties.
0: So see that I can I can get behind.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Me too.
1: I can't believe that that was available. Let alone. Oh yeah,
2: yeah. That's true. That is impressive. Yeah. But yep. Uh. So anyway. If you follow esports and you're a fan of these women already, you may recognize them. Uh, they were in the 2022 Champions Tour Game Changers Series 3, North America. Um, they competed under the name Hamboygas. Love them. <laughs> love it. I love it. Um, so you will be able to see them compete live for the first time during the upcoming 2023 season of the Valorant Champions Tour, um, a.k.a. VCT. It is the Game Changers Series. Um, And just in case you didn't know, because I didn't, um, the Game Changer series was actually created last year and meant to supplement the standard VCT competition season by creating more opportunities specifically for women and marginalized genders within the Valorant community itself. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, So I'm looking forward to hearing how they do. And hopefully this is going to push other esports organizations into being a bit more welcoming to women. Um, and just the gaming community in general. Um, we've talked about this in the past, but you know, it's it's tough being a marginalized streamer um, in general on Twitch and YouTube and in the gaming industry in general. So I hope that this is a this is a step in the right direction. So exciting stuff. Agreed. Yes. And then the last thing that I have uh, is talk over some, I guess, a big change happening at Square Enix. We've been hearing a lot of big changes happening with Square Enix lately, um, but they have announced that they are going to be replacing their president and CEO, Yosuke. Yus- oh my God, I knew I was going to mess this up. Yosuke Matsuda, sorry, who is stepping down from his position within the company. Um, Takashi Kiryu, who is the current CSO, um, is expected to take over the role as CEO. Um, so he will be Matsuda's replacement. Um, In a statement, Square Enix has basically said that under the rapid change of their business environment um, surrounding the entertainment industry, they're proposing that this change is going to reshape their management team and better align with their goals. Um, A.K.A.
1: don't use NFTs.
2: Yeah, I was going to. Yeah, exactly.
0: So
1: (laughs) we're we're in worst case
0: scenario. The other guy wasn't aggressive enough.
2: (laughs) (laughs) You know, I I was seeing some people comment that they think this guy's going to be even worse for whatever reason.
0: Um, It can't go one way or the other.
2: Yeah, I don't think there's a middle ground here. No. So, yeah, towards the end of his time with the company, Matsuda caused a lot of turbulence. So, I mean, we talked about this. Yeah, we've talked about this. He sold off or he had a hand in selling off many of the company's Western Studios, which gave away big properties like Tomb Raider and Deus Ex. Um, And he also heavily focused on expanding into blockchain games and promoting NFTs like we just mentioned. Um, And then their recent new games, Babylon's Fall and Forspoken, didn't perform very well as what they expected they would. So it's not really surprising that he is stepping down. And he
1: also, real quick, I have not heard one good thing about Forspoken.
2: I've heard that it was a disappointment. That's the only thing I've heard.
1: Yeah. I haven't heard anything good about it.
2: Yeah. So, yeah. So, it's just not good news all around for Square. Um, And then also, I found it funny when I was looking into, like, you know, the last, I feel like the last 10 years of his time with the company has been pretty bad. Um, Apparently, when the crypto crash happened this past January, he was announcing that they were going to continue to invest in cryptocurrency anyway. So that might have been the final nail. I don't know.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's Um, not a good idea. No, yeah,
2: not at all. But uh, this change will become effective as of June 2023 after the company shareholder meeting in May. I guess they have to like officially give the blessing, um, the shareholders. But most likely, yeah, we're going to be seeing um, Matsuda stepping down and Kiryu stepping up. So we'll see what that does to, to Square.
0: Yeah, so a uh, friend of the podcast, Jonathan, uh, messaged me. Um, live messaging here. Um, pretty funny, we're, just as we're talking about this. Um, he wanted us to do this as a topic, but I think it's, it'll be fun to briefly discuss here um, with the Square Enix news. Um, if, you've, if you look at the uh, new release charts, they release a lot of games, but how many of them have any of us actually heard of? not many i'm sure
2: do you have the (laughs) chart pulled up or should i pull? no no no
0: no you don't need to pull it up but it's just it's true like i'll I'll be on i'll be on like steam or playstation or whatever and just looking up rpgs and it'll be like oh this new game from square and i'm like wait what i i
1: didn't didn't even know (laughs) what
0: this is um but yeah it, it you wonder if with him stepping down if it's so much the nfts or the fact that you know, they heavily invested in all these Japanese studios and stuff like that, and they're putting out all these games, but they're not seeing any return on them.
1: Yeah, I think it's a lot
0: of different things. Yeah, I think maybe the business strategy they want to do differently, you know, maybe they want to, they see what Nintendo's doing, in terms of the Mario movie, um, and say, hey, you know, we tried this before, but maybe there's a market there again, um, to to do movie stuff connected to games. Um, but yeah, I think it's, you just hope it's not because the guy wasn't too aggressive with was was too too like meek with N- nfts and yeah, this hopefully. guy is like nft everything you want your own buster sword right no. <laughs> this guy's the final boss yeah
2: <laughs> the
0: final nft boss so um yeah so the the few uh, small tidbit news items that i have um i think that was your last story right jen
2: yep that was all i had
0: um well the mario trailer came out um i have already purchased tickets. Um, to go take Kitty Ashcat um, to see it. Um, because as I've mentioned on this podcast before, um, and this shows you how long we've been doing this, um, she beat 90% of Odyssey on her own Nice, as an 8-year-old. Impressive. That's impressive. Yeah. So the only thing was a couple hard bosses she handed it to me and her dad to try and figure out. But most of it just going around and getting moons did it all herself. Um, so she likes Mario a lot. Um, so the trailer looks really good. Mm-hmm. I I I think the Chris Pratt voice is fine. Um, so I think we're past that. I think what I'm really loving about this is that they seem to get the vibe of the of the Mario games, um, from each from the characters, you know, like like Bowser, you know, being, you know, as big of a personality as Jack Black can be. Still didn't see much of Seth Rogan as Donkey Kong. Um t- to see what it that matchup is. I mean
1: it's it's just gonna be Seth Rogan. So
0: yeah. yeah. But I like the fact that they're doing levels. They showed like 2D levels in the trailer, the newest one.
1: Um uh, also I don't know if you caught um right before the Mario Kart part, it has like the the selection thing for different tires and different uh I did not see that. That's pretty then, cool. Yeah. Like the same selection scene you'd see in Mario Kart Eight, they have that before they get in the carts,
0: and they just have a who's who of you know you know there's a there's the with the Loomis or whatever they're called from Mario Galaxy. Um yeah. is there? Um, I love that they, I love the little inside fan service jokes um, where they mention the the spiky shelled guys and goes. Koopas, Goombas, and whatever the hell you guys are. Oh,
2: and they got so sad.
0: <laughs> <laughs> because it's true. You would have to just be a guy that read the manual, where they were probably named, to actually... You just called them spiky shells, you know, when you were a kid, and everybody knew what you meant. Um, but yeah, it seems like they get that. They get some of the humor from fan service stuff, so I'm interested to see it. Um, the, uh, the other thing is... Um, we don't have to talk much about it because we're probably going to talk a lot about it in June, but uh, Starfield got delayed um, and they're doing a Starfield only, you know, like press event on June 11th. Um, so hopefully this is Microsoft giving Bethesda enough money to not put out a broken game <laughs> at release.
1: Yeah. Um, oh, that'd be nice.
0: It's still going to be janky. It's Bethesda, uh, but, you know, hopefully giving them the extra couple months here, you know, Um Will, will help. I always go back to the Miyamoto quote, you know, uh, you know, a good game that's released is a good game, but a bad game that's released is always a bad game. Like, a broken game that's released is always a broken game. It, that's a paraphrase, but you get the point. Like, it's better to release it when it's ready than broken, because even if you can that's fix right. it, everybody, all everybody remembers about Cyberpunk is broken, despite the fact that that game's friggin' amazing with the 1.5 patch. Um, now, um, and then finally, real brief, we mentioned it every podcast, but that Microsoft, Activision, Sony stuff is still going on. And apparently, in the public hearings or the private hearings that, you know, there'll be public records of, uh, Jim Ryan basically just said he does not care, you know, about the Call of Duty deals. He just doesn't want the merger to go through, um, <laughs> essentially. Um, and now they're backtracking, you know, saying, well, no, they gave us a bad deal, you know, you know. Um, and I'm, I, I'm here for the tea and the pettiness more than picking a side, but I would just love that Jim Ryan being as snarky as he is and you know um, uh, pompous at times. Um, if this happens, that if this deal doesn't go through because of them, um, you know they uh, all of a sudden Activision goes, well, we're not putting Call of Duty, right? You know, just uh, get just get uh, you know get rid of the deal at all for them. Yep. Um it's 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 just it's just interesting, you know. I love the fact that the date with the US uh regulatory committee is after the deadline for the deal going through. Mm-hmm. Um so I don't know how they're gonna fix that. Uh but yeah, it's just a, it's just a fun thing to follow. If you're not if you're not a brand loyalist or a fanboy, um just the just the dumb shit back and forth. Cause I can cause both sides are wrong and bad in this. Like the consolidation of the market is bad um less competition and all that but sony's going about it the completely wrong way you know they're they're complaining about competitiveness stuff and then it goes out there that they they have more consoles on the market (laughs) than microsoft you know in households and it's like ah, it doesn't seem you know right yeah your exclusives are hurt microsoft more than their exclusives hurt you Yeah, they're
2: they're shooting themselves in the
0: foot a little bit. Yeah, with that. But I know what they're doing. They're trying to play to the Monopoly thing. But, yeah, it'd be interesting to see if that goes through. I could care less, or I couldn't care less, um, if Call of Duty comes to Game Pass. Mm -hmm. The only thing it would do is if it comes to PC Game Pass, I'll play it on PC where it'll probably run better um, than my my PS5. You know, better frame rate and all that. But, yeah. Yeah, I don't know... um, much else to say, we'll probably be updating this all the time. Um, and I am looking for the train wreck uh, that is going to be this E3 event um, that's coming up. Now that this Starfield thing is going to happen right in the middle of it. Um, mm-hmm, yep. So it'll be fun. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so uh, moving on to our, our topic here. Um, we, uh, for those of you who don't know, we record the, did, why did I start doing an accent? well um <laughs> we record this this podcast on uh fridays and this week was friday march 10th um which means it is officially mario day hey. yay and uh i nothing i like more than a made up um holiday uh that it, that's caused by something in entertainment um like we have rex manning day coming up on april 8th um and then you know there's november 7th for n7 day for uh, Mass Effect. There's in music, you know, people make September 21st, I believe, is Earth, Wind, and Fire Day, uh, just because they mention it in a song. Um, so, Mario Day is probably the most stretching it <laughs> yeah. of creating fake holidays. Um, I don't know how you feel about it. Uh, but, yeah, it's M-A-R and 10 Mario! Yeah. <laughs> um, but, I thought... Um, you know it'd be a great time to um you know just talk about you know our um uh what's called I, I think the best way to put it is our uh like experience with Mario because I think we all came at it at different levels mm-hmm. um in terms of when we started and 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 what um got us to like Mario because we all all like him um but yeah I thought I'll start out with Jen um you know probably the one that came to him at the latest point of the three of us probably yeah yeah
2: I know I've, I've like we've we've talked about it on and off before um I technically started out playing Mario games um on my cousin's SNES Super Mario World and Super Mario Kart um but as I've mentioned before like we didn't own an SNES when I was a kid so my experience playing those games was very limited to like basically when we were at extended family gatherings like my cousin's house um most of my experience as a kid playing mario was on my game boy color i played the shit out of super mario brothers deluxe (laughs) on that thing like yeah that was my jam uh as a kid and then the absolute love of my life within the mario universe came to me through the n64 also initially played at my cousin's house um and that was when i discovered super mario 64 which is 1000% one of those games that influenced my eventual love of like open world or like exploration type games. Um, I've talked about this before as well, but I fall in love with everything about this game. Um, and of course, everyone knows my favorite level in the game is the Jolly Roger Bay, which is the I think the third course in the game. Um, and everyone hates water levels usually. And for some reason, I'm obsessed with them. Um, I just I generally find them to be beautiful. And this level was definitely it was pretty, obviously a little frustrating, but like the music was amazing in this level. I found it to be really fun. Um, So usually when I would go to my cousin's house and I would play this game, I would try to go as quickly get to the Jolly Roger Bay and just like go through it over and over and over again. Um, And then. I was really excited when I found out that this game was available for purchase on the Wii when we had a like a family Wii, and of course I bought that many, many years after first playing the game, and now I have it on the switch. So it's one of those games that will follow me to whatever console will have it <laughs> and I just I, I never get tired of playing it it's it's a classic it's um out of all the Super Mario games definitely my favorite. Um, But I think. Other classic Mario games that I've always loved are of course Mario Kart and Mario Party. But fun fact, I was introduced to Mario Party two years ago for the first time. I had never played it before. Um, but I learned very quickly it's never too late to hate slash love that game. It's a game um,
0: of skill. It is a game of it's,
2: skill. And it's... also uh Peach came for me and I hate her now. So yeah. <laughs> me and Peach, we're not cool right now. Um but so, yeah. yeah Mario sure.
1: Party is about as fair as Mario Kart, let's be honest. <laughs>
2: it's yeah, it's 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 so much fun. It's it's one of those games like I used to always default to Smash when I was with a group of people and we wanted to like put up like put on a game to play together. But Mario Party, it's very fun to play with a group as well because some of the like the mini games are crazy and everyone just starts screaming at one point, and there's deception and backstabbery and <laughs> all of this fun stuff. Yeah. So um, it's a lot of fun as a yeah, party my, game.
0: My question for you, and it'll be the same thing uh, for Tom when we go uh, to him. What is your like, experience with outside of video game Mario media?
2: Uh, it Cut out a little bit. Can you repeat your Sorry. question? I was okay. leaning
0: back. My apologies. <laughs> okay. um, the, what is your um, history with like outside video game Mario media or accessories or things like that?
2: um in terms of like things that I might have
0: collected or, or watched um what? you know the various non- um video game I'm trying to think not much yeah
2: honestly unless I hear you guys mention things and I'm like oh yeah I forgot yeah. to say that but yeah, yeah not not much outside of the games honestly not that I could
0: think of I'm I'm always curious about that because I feel and um and we'll see if you remember any things I feel it's the uh, anybody that really started NES-wise tends to gravitate towards a couple things that mm-hmm. anybody coming later wouldn't have.
1: Yeah, I'll um, get to that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, I know. <laughs> yeah, so as soon as he mentions it, you'll know. So, Tom, why don't we go to you, and you can either talk about the games first, or just go right into that, up to you.
1: Yeah, I mean, Mario was my, my first real video game. Uh, I ha- I got an NES for Christmas, I think it was 88 or 89, and that was when Mario Brothers and Doug Hunt was the pack-in game, and it, I, it's probably the game I've spent the most time with in my entire life, the original Super Mario Brothers. Yeah. Um, and then from there, uh, we got Super Mario Brothers 3 one year, and that is like one... It's probably... If I had to pick one, that's probably my favorite, um, just for the mere fact that it it does everything it does on the NES. It's it's really incredible how, how much the game evolved from that original game to the third game but yeah i mean and then for for me something weird happened where i didn't play a mario game after like super mario world until probably super mario brothers wii because i just didn't i didn't own a gamecube i didn't own an n64 just i had played mario 64 but i'd never really delved deep into it but it was just one of those things where you know i just didn't play a mario game for a long time which was weird because it was a game i spent a lot of time with um but now, you know, with Odyssey and and the all of the ways you can play Mario games now, it's uh it's really nice to be able to go back and revisit that stuff. But yeah, Mario is big deal for me because it's one of the reasons I, I play video games now. Uh the NES and Super Mario Brothers are kinda they kinda go hand in hand and they they probably are the are responsible for a lot of gamers today. Especially millennials like us.
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, it, it's no um secret that that first mario brothers game and the nes itself basically saved the home console
1: oh yeah um, sure
0: you know there were commodore and stuff like that that was still going on like it's it's not like it's portrayed in like main i don't want to say mainstream talk but sort of the zeitgeist the video games that you know atari collapsed and it was nothing until 85
1: <laughs> you yeah, know there was nothing but people <laughs> yeah. didn't people did not spend money on it the way yeah they used to.
0: Yeah. So it just that it, they figured out something and it's, it's it's that Nintendo thing that they say. You know, yeah. the Nintendo Way, the Nintendo, you know, seal of quality bull, bullshit essentially. <laughs> um that was one of those which is why there's only like seven hundred official NES games. Um but yeah, yeah, and and yeah, like Tom said, the that, that whole thing is just our whole generation of gamers, you know. Are, you know, Miyamoto is to thank for it. But, Tom, yep. I suspect there is a, another person that may have captured your heart as, as one Mario. Yeah.
1: Yes, there was one Captain Lou Albano that, <laughs> that uh, captured my heart as a kid. One of my earliest memories is seeing the show, the Super Mario yeah. Brothers Super Show. Um, yeah. It was just such a weird, goofy show. Where you had a professional wrestler playing Mario, and then you'd go to animated sections where Mario didn't look anything like that. So it was just it was just a weird thing, and it was a lot of fun and just total total 80s 90s off the wall yeah. shit.
0: Yeah, the the Super Show was you know like I said that's the one thing which is, I was seeing if 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 Jen had any memories off the top of her head because I think that's the thing that like. You know it separates you know people that were aware of Mario before Super Nintendo because that show came on right around Mario three
2: yeah like
0: eighty eight to ninety roughly yeah you know maybe a little before that um and the cartoon was like introducing a bunch of stuff from three um in it um but yeah it's, it's that whole' it's that whole generation of things uh with, with that really weird show, and then um yeah, that, I, I'm glad that, you know, uh, I think it was it was on Netflix for a while, if it's still not there.
1: It was yeah. for a little while, but I don't know if it's still there.
0: Yeah, it's just fun going back to it, because it's it's like, sometimes you
1: go, how how did we watch this? Like, <laughs> like it's so dumb. Just the stuff that happens in it is just wild. It, yeah, and they still play on
0: the thing about them being real plumbers. Yeah. And, it, you know, people come over and go, my six clogged, and that's how they interview guests. On it, I think like Nicole Eggert from like Baywatch was on it.
1: Yeah, there was a lot of people on it. You know, that's yeah.
0: The, yeah, that's the one I remember because like she literally came in with a plumbing, program, and then they like interviewed her for so- something. It was weird. Huh? Um, but yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. A- a- anything else you want to add, Tom?
1: I was just say it. It was very much in the vein of like all those kid shows where they would have a person on like Mister Wizard or or shows like that where it was just like randomly this person would stop over, like uh Mr. Rogers neighborhood or something like that. Yeah. It was kind of built to uh to a a plan, just like all those other shows were, which is pretty funny. But yeah. Mario without 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 Super Mario Brothers one and three, not that is not good, but one and three were the ones that we had. Uh I'd think that there wouldn't be nearly as many gamers today as, as there are. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, and as for me, um, Mario is probably probably shocking to you guys um, uh, out there um, because I don't talk about it as much. It's probably my second favorite game series um, in, in the sure fact that I will play anything, um, and, and I do mean anything, um, that has the Mario label on it. Um, despite being terrible at platformers, um, I've I played all, all the NES games, including I had 1, 2, and 3. Um, you know, I had both Game Boy games, you know, um, the original one with the little super ball as a weapon and then and then six golden coins, which I'm playing through again right now on on Nintendo Switch or Nintendo Game Boy Online or whatever they're calling it. Um, you know, and and I even um used to annoy the crap. speaking of cousins, Jen. Um mm-hmm. annoy the crap out of my one cousin who had the uh, uh Mario Hotel and Mario typing game, um, to play those (laughs) all the time. Um, yeah. So the difference was I've really loved Zelda, but no one else in my family really loves Zelda. Um, you know, I think my dad, but, um, you know, uh, you know, my sister, I famously say on here, um, is much better at Mario three than I am. Uh, she might need a couple weeks of practice to get back into it. But she was she was getting close to the end on her own, um, which is I keep telling her that's where Ashley gets her acumen mm. for games. but She does not believe me I'm <laughs> um, like you were really good at Mario three and Sonic the Hedgehog, but you just didn't pursue it because it wasn't cool for to play games in the early 90s. Um, so, you know, I was like, yeah, so let's get yeah, let's encourage this.
1: <laughs> let, that's something we need to get into yeah. one of these days. So It'll be another podcast. But yeah. yeah. Yeah, Gaming in the ni- early 90s and mid, mid 90s was yeah. even the early 2000s was not cool. It was not, not cool a cool thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I had those games, and, you know, I had, I had both, despite having the games for NES, I had Super Mario All Stars. Because um, I think it came with, I think I got an SNES late. So I had, you know, the one that was plus Super Mario World, um, the All Stars game. I think that came with my, my Super Nintendo. Um, You know, and I played. I think the only Mario game completed Odyssey. I don't think I've like. It, there's few that I've completed. I think World and three might be the only ones.
1: Um yeah, World's but, the, one of the ones I still haven't beaten yet, just yeah. for the mere fact that I didn't have a Super Nintendo, and yeah, it takes time to beat that game.
0: Yeah, it took it took, it took a while for me.
1: Um Well, no,
0: I no, I never beat Super Mario sixty four. I was just going to say why beat that. I'm like, nah, I never did. Um Played it a lot. And owned it, um, you know. I haven't played Galaxy Two yet. I think that's the only one I haven't played, uh, Mario-wise, um, at least touched yet. But yeah, so all the all the video game stuff, um, you know, uh, we all seem to be in agreement that 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 stuff. I still think that Mario, um, in terms of platformers and just that type of game, definitely should be like baby's first game, um, as I'm as I saw it with Ash, um, and then RPG-wise. You know, I very much think Pokemon should be baby's first RPG. After playing Scarlet and Violet, and just seeing, I'm like, oh, you get to learn certain things in turn-based here with this, yeah, with less stakes. Sure. Got yes. it.
1: <laughs> well, I, I, if you really want to make someone see mistakes, then you you let them play Red and Blue or Yellow even. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so
0: you know, Mario video games though obviously they'll keep making those forever and i can't wait to see what what'll uh come out on the next nintendo hardware um but i think the one thing we didn't mention that a mario segment i can't go without is the uh n- i think it's 1992 3 uh film uh starring one bob hoskins and john oh, lucasamo
1: yeah the- i <laughs> i tried to block that out of my memory <laughs>
0: uh i watched that movie more than i would like to care to admit um, not as much as Dan watched League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, uh, but uh, you know, that movie I, I, think, the, I think the one thing as a, as a kid that was like coming of age um, you know um, while watching that movie you know, being I was you know, preteen like, you know, 8 to 10 when it first came out, but when I was able to just watch it on my own, you know, and just going oh, I'll watch this, I, I, I think Samantha Mathis is cute um, as a 12 year old, um, plays Princess Daisy in that movie uh, and just completely ignore everything else in the movie, um, <laughs> because it's all rubbish. And my, I think the part, the most egregious part of that movie is, um, is the fact that they, um, I don't know if it's canon or not, but the whole, uh, the last name is Mario. That Mario, Mario. Mario, Mario,
1: and Luigi Mario. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think it's canon now.
0: Uh, but, um, yeah, that movie, which is why I'm glad this movie that is coming out, um that A sparked this and and also the date today. Um will erase that from memory. Um
1: because I don't I don't know that it'll ever be 100% gone, but
0: yeah. It it's, yeah. it's also a fun movie to hear all the backstory to of how fucked up production was um on it, but yeah, yeah. So, yeah, on Mario Day here, I thought we would just check in and let remind everybody, maybe listeners out there that haven't gone to the back catalog, you know, just our just our history with this game. And I think I think for the vast majority, like there's always going to be a percentage that were like just strict RPG people, you know, that was like Final Fantasy, Dragon Warrior, um, you know, that was it, that adventure, you know, those yeah. are the games they played, <laughs> you know, they didn't touch it. But I think everybody that's ever played a video game um, in our generation and even the ones a little younger have definitely have a favorite Mario game. Um, you know, mine would be three. It sounds like 64 for Jen. Um, you know, I think World's the best one, but I, I always go back to three more than I go back to World um, when playing it. But, yeah, so, everyone out there, if you want to send us your favorite Mario memories, um, you know, just hit us up on Twitter, at Um Just let us know, um, you know, what, what your your thoughts Um on our favorite plumber, who I think was <laughs> supposed to be a janitor originally. Yeah. Some cool backstory into the uh, making of it. I recommend the gaming historians Mario stuff um, if you're looking for good YouTube videos. But, uh, yeah. So let's move on to another game that uh, Tom obsessively played. <laughs> um, our retro roulette game this week was Sled Storm for the PlayStation 1. Um, I will say quickly, because you saw me on stream and I played it just a little bit more, um after that is I still don't know how to consistently do a trick. Um you know, maybe it's because I'm not good at that kind of error of doing tricks. Um, well,
1: they don't where... really exp- they don't really explain it and they, it's kind of one of those games where you need to you either need to have a guide or you need to have the instruction booklet. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like a modifier thing, like a wrestling game, like R2 plus a, a direction will do a certain trick, or L two in a direction. will do a certain trick, or if you hold both of them in a direction, I'll do a trick. It's one of those things. Yeah, yeah. So um, I didn't get
0: easy. to, ex- I didn't get to experience how the tricks helped or, or you know, held up nowadays. Um, but I will say the the racing was pretty good. You know, I, you know, there's some parts that I wish. You know, obviously it's a lot more slippery. You know, controls than it is nowadays. Um, on racing games and stuff. Um, and that wasn't a pun because we're on snow and ice. Um, but, um, and the shortcut seemed very easy to notice. Um, there was only one that I thought was a shortcut and really just took me back to the end of the track. So I put myself in last place. Um, uh, in, I think it's the second one there. Um, the second course, but yeah, I like that. Um, because I honestly played a little jet moto, um, you know, in the last six months. And just seeing how um, this game does a lot better in terms of you know showing you ways to cut time, ways to get ahead, because there's rubber banding just like anything um, of this era in games. But yeah, I had fun just doing the just doing the loop on the skis. Um, I the only I would say one criticism one to time we probably will give you a little more in depth um, idea of the game. Um, it's the one thing I hate from games. Like this is the you have to finish first to move on.
1: Yeah, uh, because
0: mm-hmm. I I like a thing that's like a, a points ranked system, you know, sort of like Mario Kart. You know, the top four you get to go to the next one, or even RC Pro Am, where for like the first six tracks you have to come in top three. Then as you get near the end, it's top two, and then the final tracks you have to you have to win um, to finish the game. Like, having, this, having the first track you need to come in first um, just leads to unnecessarily needing to repeat that level, you know, trying to learn the tricks and stuff like that. Um, but, yeah, yeah, that, yeah, it was perfectly fine. Um, probably one of the better winter sports games that I've, that I've played for PS1. So, Tom, this is your game. You said
1: you and your brothers played this a lot. Oh, this was, this was a game that was constantly in our PlayStation. Like, if we were, like, just sick of everything else, this was... the. Or if we just wanted to play this game, it was it was always in there. Uh, one, for the ability to try to figure out what all the tricks were. And two, the soundtrack. I don't know if you turned the sound on when you went back and played it, but it's some good stuff. It's some good 90s electronica, drum and bass type I mean, stuff.
0: I mean, we got some good Dragula in the show.
1: Yeah, so- everything in it is a remix, also. So, nothing is like the standard song. It's all like remixes and stuff of of different different songs. And um, the racing itself is 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 a lot of fun. There, there's actually a an option you can turn off the rubber banding, which I didn't realize that was a thing until this the last time I turned it on. Uh, I did not experiment with that because you always will crash in this game there's just no getting around yeah. it it's just it's just the way the physics are and how much stuff is just jutting out everywhere uh but there's a lot of variety to the game even though it's a sled a, uh, it, a game about being on snow it's there's a lot of variety to the tracks there's actually two different styles of tracks you can do you can do op like a snow cross which is more like motocross or you can do open mountain which is i think is pretty cool i always i always went towards the open mountain ones because they were more interesting and they had the, they had the shortcuts and everything else. But I'd like the fact that there was variety and you, there were a bunch of different characters to choose from. There's a female character, which is pretty awesome. You don't usually see that. Um, But yeah, it, I also like the fact that you can upgrade your, uh, your sled as you're going through your snowmobile. You can upgrade all kinds of different parts. And by the end, you're, your snowmobile is super fast and can turn on a dime. It's really it's really amazing how big of a difference those upgrades make. And something else that's cool, I know I keep saying this stuff, but uh, you can sell back upgrades if you're low on money, which is nice. It's not something you see very often. I don't know if that was a thing in Road Rash, uh, but...
0: I, I don't know if you could sell back in Road Rash, but that Buying parts and new, you know, bike component was definitely definitely yeah. started there.
1: Well, this was an EA game, so it wouldn't surprise me if stuff from Road Rash made it in here. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that I mean, it was just a pretty deep game for I. I'm, I want to say this had to have been like a like a budget title. I don't think that this was a triple A release. Uh. But I I could sit and play that game for hours and just just and just continually go back through levels and stuff. So I, I should also mention doing tricks during the races earns you points and the you get cash based on those points during those championship races. Yeah. That's and really hitting what rabbits gets you points. Hitting rabbits gets you 10 like tons of points. For whatever reason a rabbit's like 5000 points or something. So the little things you can hit are like tons of points. And they really help when you're like trying to f- you're trying to afford certain parts when you're going through it. But yeah, a lot of it's it's a really so it's a really deep game, surprisingly, for like this game that nobody's ever heard of.
0: Yeah, the and you know the winter sports phenomenon um, of that era. Um, it seemed like one that that's actually replayable, unlike something like Johnny Mosley's Ski, whatever that game is called. Which
1: Yeah, I mean might, a lot of a lot of the tricks that are are in the game are still done today. It's not like motocross where it it if you play a motocross game from the 90s, it's super out of date and none of the tricks make any sense. Yeah, um, and this yeah. it's all pretty much mm-hmm. the same because there's only so much you can do on a snowmobile. Yeah, the the only the only thing this
0: game was missing was an FMV opening starring a famous skier. So. <laughs> If anyone out there wants to look, go on YouTube to look up the opening to Johnny Mosley's skiing game. It might be the most ridiculous <laughs> thing from this era of, of extreme winter sports. Um, yeah. But yeah. So, uh, Jen, did you get a chance to play this or any comments on uh, my terrible playing on stream? <laughs> I did. I, I, First of all, I was a little surprised that I hadn't
2: played it in the past because it, it seems like the kind of game that my brother and I would have had. And played together uh, when we shared a family console, but um, I I had fun with it. I was kind of going into it expecting that I was going to enjoy it because I typically enjoy racing games, um, and I wasn't I wasn't disappointed really. Um, I was surprised that, like you said, Mark, it was less. Of, it wasn't really like point based as much as it was. You had to come in first place to move on, um, while it was collecting points from how you did. Um, so I kind of was surprised. I think at one point I came in fourth place, had more points than the first, second, and third place. Or no, I think it was I had more points than the first place and the third place person did. So I was like, that didn't count for anything. <laughs> um and then like the controls were very realistic to what I would imagine it's like to race a snowmobile. Like, like you said, you constantly are crashing into things, but the game is f- forgiving enough where I feel like you can catch up pretty quickly if you crash um, Yeah, you have that little bit of reset time where it's like you have to rev up back up and get going again but I feel like it wasn't too hard to catch back up which was nice um, and the fact that you can run things over and get extra points was cool like I didn't realize at first there was like little um, like the little barrier things or whatever that you can get points from um, or little uh, pieces of ice something like that that you could run over and i i would hit something i'm like oh crap and then it like gave me points it's like oh (laughs) cool um sometimes
1: like signs will give you points and yeah
2: yeah so it was it was a nice surprise um but i had fun with it i thought it was i thought it was fine for what it was i enjoyed the music as well um i liked the female character of course i always appreciate that especially in the earlier games that you know, I mean, it's it's an EA sports game. So a lot of times they were directed towards the guys. So I always appreciate when they toss in a female character. Um, yeah, I liked it. I had fun with it. I actually messaged my brother and I asked him if he had ever played Sledstorm because I felt like it would be a game that he would have liked. And he hasn't answered me yet. I was hoping he would have before the podcast. But I feel like this is something that he would have enjoyed for sure as well. Yeah,
1: so. yeah. It, it was definitely a game that I like a ten, 10 10 to 13 year old boy would have loved i i feel yeah
2: like. yeah i feel like he had a few similar games like this when we were growing up
0: um yeah i can't wait for when uh tom joins the streaming rank again to see him see all the tricks in sled <laughs> oh yeah i
2: i don't know a couple times i did things that i didn't know how i did it like I I guess drifting gives you points, like if you do it long enough, I don't know, or like if you get enough air time, that gives you points. But there would be times when I like when you go up really high in the air, and I'm like, all right, I might tip forward too much or backwards too much. So I was trying to like I don't know if that did anything, me trying to even out the snowmobile. But every once in a while, it would be like, nice job, or whatever the the character said, and I'd be like, oh, cool, I did something. I have no <laughs> idea what I did. So yeah. Please show us the way. <laughs> yes. <laughs> some I will,
1: one of these days I will have to get on and, and yeah. play some Red storm. <laughs> so uh let's get our scores out there. Um let's go in reverse
0: order, Jen.
2: Um, I'm gonna give this game a I don't know, a 3.8 <laughs> five. I don't want to give it like a three because it was better than a three, but not quite a four because it was a little janky, but I liked it. I had fun, I didn't get frustrated. It was just a solid uh, solid snow racing game. So, 3.8.
0: <laughs> so, it was uh, just as good as Grand Theft Auto 3, is what you're saying.
2: Yeah, why not? It was very different, obviously, for different yeah. reasons. But, yeah, I, I, I liked
0: the, it. I, I think the fun thing, uh, my joke there, if you don't remember, is that's exactly what you gave Grand Theft Auto III last week. Oh, yeah, I'm I sure guess, it is.
2: Yeah, because... <laughs>
0: <laughs> for the <laughs> same reason. You're, yeah. You were like, it's not a 3, <laughs> it's not a 4.
2: It's a
1: 3.8. Yeah, that's,
2: that's I guess, what I'm going to wind up doing, giving games that don't deserve I, the, the solid three. You know, perfectly fine. I,
0: I, I am fine <laughs> with tenths of a point and all that. I yep. just find it funny that it was the exact same tenths of a point. Um, yeah, and I
2: honestly don't even remember until you mentioned it. It <laughs> didn't even cross my mind.
0: I, I think that's the thing I love. Yeah. It um, wasn't 3.7. It wasn't 3.6. Nope. 3.8. <laughs> That must um, be a
2: pretty solid reading from me, I guess. <laughs>
0: uh, what's your What's your reviewer slant? Um, that's an old school dig for those of you that read magazines. Um, yeah. So uh, for Tom, can I assume it's a little higher, or well, going back
1: to it, would you feel? I I think it's a three and a half. It's a solid seven out of ten. I I can see where. It would be you know what, screw it, I'm gonna give it a four probably
2: oh, you gonna <laughs> give it a three point eight
1: <laughs> I'm gonna give it a four because it i it's underrated. I feel like this is one of those hidden hidden gems that nobody talks about i I've never met another person that's ever played this game, so yeah. I feel like nobody knows about it, and if they did, they would like it, so I don't know i'm gonna yeah. give it I'm gonna give it a four yeah. I soundtrack, think we're all- yeah. soundtrack really raises the bar too, yeah. One of the best, the one of the best uh, Dragula remixes ever. <laughs> uh,
0: so I, I think I'll give it a three point seven five. Keep it all around there. Um, but no, in all seriousness, um, I I have played um, at least rental wise um, way more of these extreme you know winter games um, than I can remember, and none of them really stand. I mean, Ten Eighty and SSX obviously are. are kings of, of, of this genre um but this was one of the better ones that that i played like i could see myself as a kid playing this and probably having the manual learning how to do the tricks and getting a little more out of it um than, than i did here but you know soundtrack's good um you know the, it it seems like um back in the day i would have been fine with the repeating um nowadays in my older age um Hearing songs way too much on repeat over and over again, um, tends to be like I can turn that volume slider down.
1: It's fine, and I'll is put it on that,
0: a podcast.
1: <laughs> that is the one thing that th- there's only eight songs, I think. Yeah. So you kinda you, you kinda learn to like them or not like them.
0: Yeah. And, and I think and and I think you'll agree with me here, Tom. I think the main reason is because there's lyrics. Um, because I feel like something like a Final Fantasy VII or, you know, a Zelda or a Mario or something. Just the fact that it's just instrumental. It just feels like atmosphere, like background. Yeah. You know, it's not in your face as much as... And this goes for any game that has songs with lyrics that, like, it's a short catalog. Like sports games, after three months, you're muting that TV. Oh, percent um, <laughs> So, yeah, I, I think I think I kind of figured that out um, playing through this again. Because it's really the first time in a while that I had played a game with, with uh, you know, real songs in it um uh unmute it, um recently. So yeah, yeah. I think um it was a pretty positive um outcome. These games could always go on the on the PlayStation one one way or the other. You know, time does not is not kind to a lot of games on this console. But
1: yeah, this one I'm, seems to be I'm, one of them. I'm glad that you could pick this game up today and still play it and it doesn't look awful. Like yeah. it doesn't it doesn't completely fall apart like a lot of ps1 games did because it runs pretty well it doesn't like dip into the fit the teens when it comes to frame rate so yeah
0: like the I, aforementioned jet moto yeah. <laughs> um which looks like absolute trash except for the mountain dew stuff um uh, they took a lot of care into that um uh, but yeah so that was our game this week tom let's spin that wheel and find out what we're doing next week All right. Well, it uh, as our wheel usually does, um, there was a release this week, uh, Dead Cells doing their Castlevania DLC. So Tom, what did the wheel give us this week?
1: We are going to play Castlevania 3 for the Nintendo Entertainment System.
0: Yeah, nice. We have to uh, check our wheel to see if it has any, you know, Nostradamian powers. <laughs> um, and the fact that it always seems to come up. Um, with something that's kind of relevant um, today. So, yeah, Castlevania 3, I will say, I think I might have said this on the other ones, um, definitely didn't play this. Um, I def- I played 1 and 4, and Symphony of the Night, and Symphony of the Night's the only one I ever finished um, of them. And so it's always fun to explore this series, just like with Metroid, when that comes up. Um, these, like, I guess BC tier Nintendo properties. Um But yeah I'm excited for Castlevania 3 um now um there's it can either be people are like oh yeah they're gonna love it or they're they're going oh I can't wait for tonight can't wait for the stream tonight (laughs) see Mark try to play this piece of trash um but either way I will make it as fun as possible and not show that you guys got to me (laughs) out there so anyway thank you guys for joining me um it's fun as always um now i will get back to uh possibly uh playing some more marvel snap now that my phone notified me that new challenge so so for tom and jen i'm mark and uh, we'll see you next time bye